Hello, my friend. Welcome to another episode of Deciding to Win. Thank you for spending time with us. I'm your host, Reginald Nsoma. I'm an aerospace engineer with a passion for youth leadership and mentorship and the founder of Future Ready Africa. In each episode, we bring you an inspiring personal message to inspire you, motivate you to win in life. Let's get started. In 2020, LinkedIn reported that project management was the most in-demand job skill. This is just an example of how important project management skills have become in our world today. With us today is Otima Yurenchi, the Vice President of Global Engagement at the Project Management Institute, PMI. She shares insights about their work in developing project management skills in Africa and with the Youthquake and other initiatives, how they are getting more African youth to be more engaged and develop these skills. As a seasoned and experienced global executive herself, she also drops key insights that will inspire you in your journey. So, Hello, welcome to the Deciding to Win podcast show. Today, we have an amazing guest with us. We have the Vice President of Global Engagement of the Project Management Institute and a fellow podcaster, an amazing leader, a trailblazer. Let's get right in. We have Otima Yerinchi with us here. Otima, welcome to the Deciding to Win show. Thank you so much. It's it's the honor is mine, right? I really love engaging with youth who are doing fantastic things in Africa. And certainly, Reginald, you doing your podcast, being in the Air Force, and also being a Mandela Fellow, I thought the honor is mine uh, to be here and share what we're doing at the Project Management Institute for Africa and this amazing youthquake. I mean, it's about, if I summarize, it's about building skills and making the youth of Africa job ready. Wow, that's amazing. You know, you mentioned about the Mandela Washington Fellowship. During my time, I've always wanted to travel to America, you know, as a kid growing up. I think it's common among a lot of, especially in West Africa. So when I got selected, I went through the um, public management track. I spent some time with Virginia Tech um, in Alexandria, Virginia. And my mentor was the IT manager for the city, Alexandria City. So it's a very historic city, a lot of tourists you know, attractions over there. So when I visited her in her office, she showed me their project management office and all the places that we went to. We went to, um, we visited places like um, an emergency response center for Fairfax County and we saw project management in action. So coming back, I was like, this are the skills that we need. You know, looking Mm -hmm. at growing up, the things we do in Africa, the gaps in there, this is a skill that really, really would help a lot of us young people. And as soon as I came back, I got in touch with the project management PMI Ghana chapter, and I took a course over there. When I went back to work in the Air Force, it completely transformed how I see projects. I realized that I was doing a lot of things intuitively, but with the project management training, everything was organized in my mind. You know, I I could plan better. I could see things better. Yeah, it helped me so much. Yeah, so. Wonderful. Yeah, it's really amazing. And I'm glad that PMI is also centering on Africa. With the youth, before I get much, can you tell us a little bit about um, the youthquake and then your plan for Africa, the youth of Africa? Sure. So we kind of turned that uh, phrase youthquake because we saw that in Africa, if you look at many countries, you know, the median age is between, let's say, 15 and 17 for a lot of countries. So that's an enormous amount of youth coming to be able to enter the workforce pretty soon. And how do you enter the workforce? You need to be skilled up. You need to have the know-how and the experience. And we see that 
with the infrastructure boom in Africa to accommodate both the housing, the bridges, the construction, the schools. You need individuals who can execute on projects effectively. One of the things we see, and the data proves it out, that a number of projects, in some cases, 80% of projects that are set up fail, right? And they fail because um, the initial planning and the execution, the risk management, all those tools that you need. But it's not just those who call themselves project managers as a profession. But let's say, for example, you're an architect, you're an engineer, um, you're even a banker working in an IT project in fintech. All of those types of professions also require project management skills, but not just project management skills in the traditional way, but also agile. As you know, there is there are many ways of work, right? So you can do your project in a waterfall way. You can do it in an agile way. Um, and there's additional tools that help you to transform your business. So I believe and our plan is to ensure that in Africa, the youth of Africa have access to these skills and then the certifications and the micro certs to prove their competency, that they have the tools ongoing uh, to build their skills as they grow in their profession. So that's what we have planned. And it is exciting because we see, we see that there's enormous uptake and interest. I mean, let me give you specifically one of the areas that is very interesting is, is what we call the CAPM and that's a certified associate project manager. That's that entry level that brings you in, gives you the skills and then gets you what my favorite buzzword job ready. I know you as someone who has done amazingly well. I mean, you're one of one of the shining lights in Africa when it comes to leading change and transforming businesses and taking on massive projects. So can you just tell our listeners a little bit about your background and your experience and the amazing things that you've done in your career? Oh, so thank you. I'm flattered. <laughs> uh, so, and I didn't do it alone. I think that's the first thing that I want your listeners to know is that it's it's a team effort, right? My success is first on the shoulders of those who came before me and also with the teams that I work with, both that I lead and that lead me. So I think I have a long history in technology. I was with IBM, Microsoft, and Vodafone. And with IBM, I think the interesting area was when we came in to have our geographical expansion into Africa. And that was to ensure that the products and services that IBM had to offer that would help Africa effectively run its banks um, effectively and in a more modern way, implement infrastructure, et cetera, we were at the forefront of that. So if you look at the big projects we did with someone like Barty Airtel, as an example, across multiple countries, when they came into Africa working with IBM to ensure that the infrastructure was laid and then enabling people to, to utilize their mobile phones. So one of the most exciting things I think I did in the Africa region was around really helping to drive that mobile first uh, world. And then additionally, I've also spent quite a bit of time in the startup ecosystem, coaching and mentoring uh, young Africans who are keen to start their own businesses, because being ready and being job ready isn't just about working for someone else. 
It's also about working for yourself. So my coaching and mentoring helps them to build up their skills and capabilities that they need to, one, identify the areas that they want to go into, two, think about the sales and marketing that is critical to drive customer acquisition, and then help them along in their strategy. Climbing up all those ladders in all those big, big companies, what was your mindset going in? And what should a young person who wants to get a career close to what you've done or achieve such success? What are some of the things that as a young lady in the United States growing up these traditionally male-dominated fields and all that, what are some of the things that you took with and it helped you get to that levels of changing the world? <laughs> so I think uh, the first thing is, and I, you, I've used this word multiple times, but you've got to be skilled. First and foremost, know your stuff. Build a competency, a body of knowledge, expertise. That's first how you climb. Then secondly, it's important to have sponsorship. I speak about this often because sponsorship is, as I said, the people ahead of you, right? Those executives and leaders who can point you in the right direction, mentor and coach you, but most importantly, open doors for opportunities. Um, and then the other thing is, I think it's extremely important to stretch yourself, take an additional assignment, travel um, if, if you have that opportunity. So I had the opportunity with IBM to go to South Africa. That was a stretch, right? I was based in the U.S. in the, in the public sector uh, focused area. And then I went into South Africa and looked at a more broader set of industries. So that was indeed a stretch assignment. So those kinds of things is what I would advise young people coming up is to one, continue to build your skills, two, have that sponsorship, and three, it's very important to take on those stretch assignments. Very amazing. I mean, someone like you who've always been at the top, these are very, very key gems that young people in Africa would take seriously. I like the stretching part, you know, where mm -hmm. you, you, you go out of your comfort zone and then you take tasks instead of hiding, you know, mm -hmm. you, you put yourself out there and then if you have to study or do more, ask more questions, you know, it helps. There's a difference that I saw between growing up in Africa and some of the young people I met in the U.S. It is the shyness. I don't know if I'm putting it the right way. Shyness, like more of a, mm -hmm. a lack of courage. You know, we are raised to be a little bit, like you say, it's in, the, in the military, to be low targets. You just perform your role, you do your duty, but you wait till you are asked or given a tax before you probably volunteer and, and all that. So I saw that that difference. How When I lived in Africa, and I lived in Africa for over 10 years, um, I did see that there were a lot of young people who were hungry, though. People who had ambition, they had dreams. But I think what you may see is that you need, as I said, I think it's that that lack of potentially a sponsor or a mentor who can say to you, this is the way to do it. So I think there's a call out there. I know that there are a number of my peers who are mentoring, but I would say more should do more, right? To really kind of reach back and support young people uh, along the journey so that you can coach someone. So I've, I have several uh, mentees at the moment, uh, and, and it, is, it is a lot of commitment, but it's very important to build up the next generation. So I think if more people do that, you will find people as they start their career have confidence because they know who to go to. They know who can support them along the journey. I know I'm on that mentee list, so <laughs> I think just put my name down. Now, let's get into the project management. Mm -hmm. What is the situation of our projects or project management 
in Africa. As we all know, we have a lot of infrastructure, like you said, we are always seen as a developing continent. A lot of African countries are known as developing nations, but you have some pretty bad projects, you know, infrastructure projects, some of the roads that are, you know, big budget projects, and then they end up not durable or meeting the function. So as PMI, how do you see the project management ecosystem in Africa now? So I see that the project management ecosystem in Africa has great opportunity to grow, right? And it is codified. I mean, there are a number of certifying bodies uh, that certify the project managers, but it's also about um, ensuring that more people gain the skills. So I think one, there's the opportunity, a vast one, to skill up more people in the project management discipline. And number two, to create a, a sense of advocacy around the importance of project management and how those structures and the policy environment would support it, right? So that, for example, if you are doing a road project, you would say, well, chief project manager or the head project manager should be a certified project manager. And you can codify that in your government policy so that you ensure that the people doing the work, leading the projects, are certified and well-skilled to deliver. How critical is project management to Africa's development now? It's absolutely critical because if we are to scale, you need individuals with the capacity, the skills and competency to execute on those mass projects so that you have skills within country, right? Because I mean, currently now, a lot of the skilled resources are perhaps maybe expats uh, coming from abroad, but I think it's important to have local content and locally skilled individuals. And I think the more you have that, and once it's also codified in the policy environment, you'll begin to see, I believe, project performance improving. Yeah, that's great. So why should the youth of Africa with a YouthQuick project, why should the youth take project management seriously in this time, especially with all that is happening in the world today, rather than maybe, you know, doing something else. So think about it. Just about everything you do is a project, right? This yeah. podcast was a project. You put together the plan, you sent me the questions, you had us think it through. So the project skills, they're life skills, number one. So building up those life skill capabilities will enhance whatever a youth is doing. Secondarily, there are a lot of job opportunities within the project management discipline. I think McKenzie was saying, you know, it's one of the top three uh, skills to have, right? So in that case, it makes it so that if you build that competency, there are jobs available for you. Or even if you're an entrepreneur, if you have those skills, you can execute your business and run your business more effectively. You might remember um, last year we did a partnership PMI with the Tony Alumilu Foundation, which was centered on building up those skills within the entrepreneurial space. And so that showed a lot of people that, wow, okay, I can leverage these skills, this, this risk management area, the strategic planning, um, using lean principles of start, to start up my business to be successful. So I believe that everyone on this call, if you haven't already, we do have some free assets uh, that you can look at on PMI.org to just to begin the journey and understand what are these project management skills. Wow. Now let's talk about 
certification. I mean, you mentioned about the resources. So is it necessary for everyone getting the, the scale, get the PMP, or is it, especially for those who may want to add, you know, the skill set and make them more job ready? Is it necessary for them to write the exam or they can just take the course or maybe buy a course online on project management? Which one is the right way to go? Right. So it depends on your track, right? So we have a number of certifications. We have the PMP, which is obviously a gold standard for us. And that is focused on someone who is a more experienced project professional who will be leading teams. Uh, We also have the CAPM which may be your audience, which is more of the entry level, uh, is the certified associate project manager. And then we also have some other micro certifications that you can take up in different areas. And we also have, if you will, tools. So we have some digital tools, something called wicked problem solving, which is around design thinking. So it's not just certification, but it's also about building skills. So if you think about wicked problem solving, that gives you the tools for design thinking, which can be utilized as you're doing your projects. Then you also have, we also have something else coming out, which is called citizen developer, which is enabling people to develop no code without code, right? And so that's going to also be revolutionary. So what I would suggest is to go onto a PMI.org and have a look, depending on where you are in your learning journey, then you can see, am I ready for certification or do I take some initial e-learning or do I do a micro cert? So I think the exciting thing is we've got a lot to offer. Wow. That's amazing. Now looking at the digital, you know, like softwares, like Microsoft projects and all that, how does those tools or programs come in? Is it just to get a project management um, body of knowledge or you also need to master some of these softwares? So I think it depends on the projects that you're engaged in. There are a lot of tools that support you to execute your project well. Like you said, Microsoft Project. Um, You also have Mural. You've got Trello. Um, There are so many tools that are available. And I would suggest, obviously, in our digital world, that individuals would pick up some of these tools, some of these capabilities to enhance their ability to deliver on their projects. Now, with PMI Africa, what is your vision for the youth of Africa with the youth quake? What should we expect? Are you ready to partner with um, government organizations, maybe organizations like my own Future Ready Africa, which, you know, I'll be glad to partner with PMI Africa. Or what what extent are you willing to, you know, to go for, you know, to help our young people in Africa to quickly get these skills and then develop, see our continent develop? So let me tell you what we did last year, which I think gives your audience a good view of what we're about in Africa. So as I mentioned earlier, we partnered with the Tony Alumelu Foundation um, to do a masterclass series. So it was a six-part series, and it was free. And at the end of that, individuals would get a certificate of learning as well as discount codes against taking the CAPM, which is the Certified um, Associate Project Manager. So in that, you can see we're willing to partner We're willing to help build specific skills and capabilities and also look at affordability. So I think that's where we're excited about Africa. And I think you're going to see some wonderful things in the coming year in 2021. 
around that. Now, one of the other things we did last year, which was really interesting, is during our Africa conference, we had a youth track. And in that youth track, we spoke to young people who were project managers. They were able to share. Um, We focused on helping uh, people do their CVs so that they can effectively kind of message who they are and put their best foot forward. We had a segment on public speaking. So we are, as you can see, invested in ensuring the success of the African youth through building their skills, giving them exposure, and also supporting their career journey. Now, let's look at your relationship with academia, our universities, Mm -hmm. our high schools. Is there any plan to engage with them because a lot of times in our education system, a lot of times after school, your parents, the society expects you to be job ready. And mm-hmm. what what has been happening, you know, for some time now is you you finish with the course and you realize that though you are very smart, you know your stuff, there's no match for you in the modern um, job field. It's either a company takes you and trains you. I mean, my experience talking to people from the diaspora, for example, who have set up companies in Africa, always say, you know, there's always a discrepancy between the what they studied and what they need. So they always have to spend time training. So I don't know whether you're tackling the, the problem from that route, from that educational, uh, from our colleges, our universities, polytechnics. So my colleague, George Asimani, who I think you've met, uh, he is, um, and Joanna as well, they do. We're focusing um, our youth quake, obviously, on the universities um, and um, kind of making sure that they understand what our capabilities are, what are the certifications available, what's the training available, et cetera. So that's what um, our team is currently engaged in, is reaching out so that the universities and the polytechnics, they know what is available. And then we begin to say, well, what's available? What fits you? So we have a wonderful um, product and it's called Kickoff. And I want uh, your audience to you know, go and have a look uh, on our site to look at Kickoff. It is a free module where you can learn about project management. And it, it's wonderful. And it shows it both in an easy to use um, very easy navigation. Uh, the language and the, the presentation is quite rich, and it allows people to get that foundational understanding of project management, whether it's the traditional waterfall or the agile approaches to the ways of work. So I would really encourage, and that's something we want to get out more broadly into the university and polytechnic so they can get that feel, they can get that understanding, and then they know what's the next steps for me. Okay. Now, the next question is probably probably the biggest, maybe the biggest people that or body that you need to engage with are the governments. How mm-hmm. is the relationship? Or how are you um, letting our governments in Africa see the need for for project management, getting our governments to see in that light? So we have um, a number of chapters, almost 20 across Africa. And in that, many of the chapters, as you mentioned, there's the Ghana chapter. And the chapters also serve as our arm of advocacy and sharing the benefits. And so that's that's the channel that we have used to get uh, the message of the benefits across. We're also... And we recently ran a public sector roundtable where we invited governments and development partners to understand about project management. So we're currently on, if you will, that drumbeat 
of making governments aware, and many of them are aware, but really deepening uh, their understanding of the benefits, um, advocating for them, and then hoping that um, in some cases that they would be able to put that into a policy structure so that they know that each time you do a major project that you can ensure that you have a certified project manager. Well, that's great. Now, I've been thinking about this youth quake since I, I started seeing it on LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. I believe, you know, I spent the whole of last year in Bangalore in India. And I, I know how the world you know, sorts of um, recognizes India as a very, very strong tech, you know, resource for the world. And for me, what I'm seeing, I am hoping that PMI Africa, you know, enables the world to now recognize Africa as, you know, a landmine, you know, of resources, not just the gold, everything, but when they look at human resources, our young people, you know, competent project managers who can excel because people like you have proven it, you know, at IBM, at Vodafone, PMI. That is what I really want to see for my people. (laughs) I hope hope that's I hope we can get to that that level. And, and with that being said, do you see the world, the West, and other parts of the world, considering you know the youth of Africa when they've gone through all this training? Do you see us in the future being a resource of project managers who can also work into multinational corporations and then you know do well like yourself? Well, I can't I can't speak to the hiring companies, <laughs> but what I can speak to is the fact that if you're well skilled, you've got expertise, competency, um, I think that you are ready for a job in your country or anywhere else. So I think you've got to have the confidence to believe in yourself and the confidence to know that as long as I have the requisite skills and I have good experience and I am confident in my capabilities, I can get the right job. So I think that's how I always approached it. I always approached it that way in terms of a a bit of a a nugget for myself. I always believed first and foremost in myself, but how did I strengthen that belief? And that was through continuous learning, always building myself up in terms of my skills and competencies and making sure I had a breadth of experience to go for that next role. So those were the things that I would say uh, to the youth of Africa, really hone in on building those skills and really focus on getting a breadth of experience and then have the confidence to believe that you can achieve it. That's amazing. So PMI Africa, how long do you expect this youthquake, you know, to run for? And, and what are your expectations, maybe in terms of figures, in terms of percentages, you know, how do you see it? So so the youthquake, I know it's a term that we've coined just that says that, wow, there is an, a tremendous um youth population and that population is coming on tap to kind of transform Africa, if you will, right? So in that transformation, we want to play our small role in being able to enable them with the right skills, project management skills, and skills that can make them effective change makers for Africa. So that's the role we want to play. We're in that skill building, certification, ensuring that 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 weight that's happening is ready, job ready. That's what we focus on. Now, um, Otima, where can we find some of these resources that you kept on mentioning? Where can we Absolutely. find Absolutely. So I would say straight away, once you're done with listening to this podcast, go to PMI.org and you will get a plethora of information. So again, PMI.org. And also look at us um, on our social presence on LinkedIn, 
Uh, you can also see us um, on Facebook um, and Twitter. Apart from doing all this, I know your passion for mentoring young people and helping Africa is, is something that's always, you know, I can't even tell just by looking at you. <laughs> um, you. You also have a podcast. Can you tell our listeners about it? Sure. So I've got a podcast called Catching a Glimpse and it's a motivational series. It's focused on people who have caught a glimpse, which is basically their hope, and they have been motivated by that to help transform their lives. So I encourage you to uh, listen to it, and hopefully you'll catch a spark, uh, you'll catch your glimpse, and you'll walk towards your light. Wow, that's amazing. There's one thing that makes me very, very excited about how positive I am about um, project management, because I think... Mm -hmm. In our culture, in our DNA here in Africa, we are naturally good project managers. Just that, mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe it's just left for the, the little polishing and certifications that, you know, need to come on board. And then we are going to be very, very good. Because I know when it comes to resilience, when it comes to communication, when it comes to humility, when it comes to making, you know, like we, we say it in the military, performing magic, you know, mm -hmm. using very limited resources and making it into something spectacular. I believe that we have it, you know, and then we can do it. So that's what I feel. I don't know whether you, you share the same sentiment. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I am inspired by uh, the youth of Africa and their willingness. If you think about what they have and what they then create, it is remarkable, right? So they take whatever it is in their environment. Uh, I mean, you, you often see on the TV when you're in Africa, maybe looking at village or community, Communities. Um, there was this uh, school teacher who was teaching computers and there was no computer and he drew it all on the blackboard and was teaching the students. That is creativity and innovation. Um, when you see how people are, um, you know, the story about the boy who harvested wind, you know, to, to create um, energy and, 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 you know, water. So it is so amazing that in Africa, leveraging the resources that are there, we are able to do amazing and transformative things. So I say I am excited about that youthquake, that huge population of youth that's coming in because they're going to do great. Just about getting ready to wrap up. Sure. Part of my work with, with young people um, has to do with youth unemployment. So we have a lot of a high rate of graduate unemployment. We have people who were into, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, the traditional go to school, get a degree, and get a job. We have a lot of people who ended up there and then they were not able to transition into a profitable job. So from where you sit, from what you've seen, you've been around the world, you've seen things. What are some of the, the, the things that you would say to, um, you know, such a person maybe reaching out to you? What are some of the things that the person can do quickly and diligently mm -hmm. that can turn his 2021 around in terms of unemployment? Sure. So I think there's um, a few things. So currently assess your skills. What skills do you have that are marketable that an employer would want or that you can turn into an entrepreneurial opportunity for yourself? Okay. So that's one, understand what your skills are. And then based on that, how can you build upon that or sharpen the knife, if you will, uh, for the gaps in your skills or the gap in your business idea, right? So that's number two. And then seek a team, number three, to help 
help support that so you can pool together and ensure that you can achieve it. So maybe you've got a particular skill and your friend or uh, someone that you know has another skill. Maybe you can join forces. So I believe that you succeed uh, in a team, uh, not as a lone wolf, right? You succeed in a team. And then lastly, as I said, you know, seek those network to seek those sponsors or even perhaps someone to invest in your business if you're going down that route. But certainly reach beyond your current bubble into an executive group or or a network that can support you to either identify a role or to invest in your business. So I think you have a clear sort of steps. And if I would repeat it, it's one around the skills. It's two around making sure that you've got the right team. And then three, making sure that you've got that sponsorship and support, whether it's to open doors or to network or to seek for investment if you're going down the entrepreneurial route. Wow, that's amazing. Now, Ultima, you are multi-talented. I mean, you you tell stories, you write poems, you have a book. For someone who is in, like how we call it, um, someone in corporate, how, mm-hmm. you know, I know you also perform sometimes your poems and your stories. Mm-hmm. How do they all, you know, how are you able to combine all these things? Where, where from the interest in all these things? Because I'm trying to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to compare and trust and I'm, 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 I'm not getting it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think I'm a person of boundless energy. That's number one. I've got a lot of energy. I've always been a creative person. Um, but uh, there are cycles, you know, in your career. So so sometimes I haven't had the the, the bandwidth to do anything creative um, as I managed both my um, home life and, and my work life and everything. So there are seasons. I think that as you move up your career, you're going to see that there's seasons. So there's seasons of when you're actively building your skills, you're studying, you're trying to get the right job experience. There's times in your career when you're leading. Um, there's times when you can you can leverage across. So right now, what I'm seeing is I'm really able to optimize by leveraging. So I use the creativity side of me to ensure that even in my work, there's opportunities to do creative things. Um, and then, you know, I use, you know, sometimes I'm doing a podcast and it's like 12 midnight <laughs> because it's because I've had such a focus, uh, obviously, during the day on both my work and family that I squeeze it in. But you have to, as a person, decide your balance and you decide how you want to, uh, within the day, allocate your time. Wow. That's amazing. What's the, I've always wanted to ask you this question. What has been the most mm-hmm. challenging situation you've ever been in, in, you know, in your career and how did you come out of it? Well, I think um, I paused because I think there, there've been multiple challenging <laughs> situations uh, that, that I've had throughout the course of my career. Um, I think one instance, and I, and I won't mention the company, but I will say that, you know, I was very challenged by being the only um, a sort of black person at my level at the time. And, and it felt isolating and it was very uh, alone. And I remember speaking to uh, one of my mentors and he gave me the, the courage actually to feel confident to be there because he's like, you've got the skills, you've got the capability. That's why you're here. And then your job is to bring along 
more people of color, right? So you won't be the only one. And so that was a really good piece of advice. And I followed that throughout my career that anytime, uh, if I'm the only woman or from the only black person, I really try to seek out and mentor other people uh, to ensure that they can also climb. Um, and so that's how you can sort of turn around a situation that you might perceive to be really difficult uh, into a positive one. If, if I if I gathered everything from your career, I think sponsorship and mentoring is something very, 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 you know, huge on your list. Very major. And it's major. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm sorry. I'm, I'm also surrendering myself as as a mentee. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing. So, Otma, where can we find you on social if um, we want to follow you? You know, uh, your book. Absolutely. So, um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, <laughs> but I also have a website, otmayurenchi.com, uh, where you can follow me for more of my creative stuff. And uh, for your interest in PMI, you can follow us on uh, the PMI Africa and also uh, PMI on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. Wow. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for creating um, time, making the time to talk to me today and to our listeners. And we are going big. I I put my PMP certification, you know, on hang, but I think this year I need to go for it, you know. <laughs> Definitely go for it. And yeah. if you want to, uh, you know, start with the cap M and mm -hmm. say, you know, maybe I want to, so that you can, so you can be bullish now, right? Maybe you're ready now for that. So, so have a think about that. So that's just my little tip for you uh, as we close out the, uh, the podcast, but thank you so much for having me. Hopefully your audience uh, found some good nuggets in what I was saying, and then they can apply it to, to their career. Congratulations on completing today's episode. I hope you were inspired. Deciding to win is a call to action. Not for tomorrow, nor next year, but for today, for now. We would like to hear from you. Reach out to us on Instagram and on Facebook at Deciding to Win. Share this podcast with your friends and family. And if you are inclined, please leave us a four or five star rating. Remember, you will win if only you decide. Love you all.